Blog Talk Radio. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas, you're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LeVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. going on blog talk radio nation you are tuned into page one i am lavar so glad that we could be with you on this friday night may 6th 2022 show number 191 and if you say it in reverse it's 191 but i'm joined as always (laughs) by my wonderful friend and co-host mary how are you i am all right how are you doing I am good. You know why? It is Friday. It is the end of the week. The weekend is upon us. Um, I think as we start to get more out of this meteorological spring, as, as we head into the summer, there seems to be a lot more things picking up and going on. You've got a lot more weddings. You've got a lot more uh, graduation, a lot more outdoorsy or happy events so hopefully that will calm some people's nerves and hopefully it will be a little bit more better we're almost there um it's just some bad weather in some spots but we're almost there but how's the weather out there and how are you doing uh it's sunny it's a little too warm for my liking but i guess next week we're actually going to get a cool down out here and get down to 70 <gasps> might have to break out my hoodie Seventies. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. Well, Somebody's gonna need that. a parka. Yeah, seventies. That's what means that that calls for shorts and um, sweatshirt weather. <laughs> Long pants and long johns, man. What are we talking about? Uh, well, 70, I think you're – see, here's the thing. Now, what is really – because we talk about the perfect temperature. What is really the perfect temperature? Because for some people, they like it to be in the 60s or 70s. Some people think that once you get above, like, 85, close to 90, that's good. Um, some – think that it is in the 50s where it's the perfect temp. Is it really a perfect temp? Um, for each person, yes. For the mass of us all, like the majority of us, no. Uh, I am a, I, I'm going to enjoy it. Because right now we're in the mid-90s. So for the people over in the UK, 31, 2-ish degrees. People over, anybody that's using anything but Fahrenheit. But we're in the mid nineties right now. I am looking forward to the seventies because then it is I can wear 
dress pants and a short sleeve shirt and not feel like I have to bring in a parka for the office and wear a tank top outside. <laughs> Mid seventies for me. Uh, no. I like mid seventies. So you have mentioned something that time and again. Yeah, I was gonna say you've mentioned something, but time and again, I know that I mess up on. So, um, I know when it comes to the temperature for our friends over in the UK, uh, and for those of you who heard that. 32 degrees is not the 32 degrees that we think of when we think 32 degrees. Um, it is not freezing. <laughs> nope. But uh, the UK temperature um, number, let's see, um, if I can, as, as you can tell, I was trying to uh, – quickly trying to find out how that actually works. Um, <laughs> but anyway, for our friends in the United Kingdom, from what I saw, <laughs> uh, I'm giving you a temperature. I was trying to do the conversion, but here's the thing. I looked at the temperature. Uh, the temperature right now over in the United Kingdom, uh, from what I saw, because it is, uh, it is 9.05, or five minutes after the hour here in the Central Standard Time Zone. It is 3.05 a.m. Uh, in the U.K. Um, so mm-hmm. the temperature right now is 51 degrees Fahrenheit. Celsius it is 10. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have switched that to Celsius for those of our friends over in the U.K. And later today, uh, you will uh, go up to, I think, a high of 15 uh, <laughs> uh, probably a little bit more than so that. So about but, 60 uh, degrees. Uh, so about much. 60 degrees so. Fahrenheit, right around there. Yeah. I've gotten really good yeah. at conversions in the past yeah. year or so yeah. because a lot of people use Celsius for their temperatures. Mm-hmm. Thank God for Google. So because, I, have... you know... <laughs> <laughs> I can do it on my own without Google now, though. There's a way to do no, it. I... Oh, granted, you have to like math. You don't like math, though. No, I, I'm not a big math fan, no. <laughs> okay. So for the people that don't mind doing quick math in their head, going from Celsius to Fahrenheit, which is usually the way you have to do it, it's double plus 30. So if it's going to be – if it's 10 degrees right now, double that is 20 plus 30, it's about 50. And you get close. I mean, it's not exact, but you get close. And it's the exact opposite the other direction. You minus 30 and then cut it in half. So if it's 90 degrees here, you minus 30 is 60, cut it in half is 30. Um, Sunday, uh, Mum's Day, um, will be 17 <laughs> degrees Celsius. Uh, but you guys will see rain showers starting on Monday and for the better part of the week. So some light rain uh, pretty much all week long. But, yes, uh, so you're welcome. For but Mother's Day in the U.K. already happened. Oh, well, you can celebrate again. They can celebrate it with the American version. Right <laughs> 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 They've got two Mother's Days. But then again, it is Mom's Day every day, Mother's Day every day. 
but you should honor your mother. There you so, go. That's the perfect answer. Yes, on this Mother's Day weekend <laughs> in the state. So occurring uh, on Sunday. Um, so hopefully, um, and what, before I even forget it, but I know I'll mention it at the end of the show, but for all of you moms out there, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you, my friend, as well. Um, Thank you. And to some of you who just happen to be just mothers, happy Mother's Day to you, too. But uh, <laughs> um, different story, different day, though. Um, but, yes. So it is Mother's Day weekend here. It is also tomorrow, which we'll talk about here coming up in the Almanac, uh, here in the States. Uh, the first Saturday of May is always the Kentucky Derby. Uh, that is tomorrow. Um, I have not. Yes, mint juleps, uh, fancy hats. Um, and, yeah, uh, but I don't have a favorite. <laughs> Normally, I'm good at this stuff, and normally I keep on top of this stuff, but I have not looked up who the favorites are. I usually don't like betting on the favorites. I usually like some mid-range to long shot. And I kicked myself a few years ago because every year I used to go and make a wager, and the one year that I did not, I forgot which year that was a few years back, but the long shot had won. And... It seems that I do better when I don't gamble than when I do gamble. But then again, don't we all? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. But, uh, yes. Yes. But I kicked myself, and I was quite mad about that. So um, I know you are not really a gambler. Um, nope. But yes. Because <laughs> you are in the gambling capital of, of the world, perhaps, and you don't really go and do any gambling at all. Yep. You can probably go to this a gas station. This makes the best employee. Right. <laughs> I, I think I would, well, I have self-control, but I think that on some things I would be too tempted to, like, hit a sports book. But nowadays, you know what, though? Because of the fact that he, I know here in the States, you can do a lot of gambling online, and there's a lot of, like, uh, apps that you can now do it. It really does kind of take away from really the need to go into a sports book or, you know, when you used to tell your friends who lived out in Vegas, you know, uh, hey, place a bet on this for me, or that neighborhood bookie that would, um, uh, you know, take the bet for you. This is pretty much now replaced all of that. So there's really no need to – go out anymore. You could do your local lottery uh, or sweepstakes, as it may, or what some people may call it, uh, from home. Everything now is done from home. There's no need to go out and do this anymore. Um, mm. Yeah. So times are changing. Have you have you <laughs> seen the names of the uh, some of the horses that are going to be in there? I I have not, and I have, you know, I heard some on the radio, and like I said, it used to be I had an interest in this, but, you know, when I don't really gamble on it, uh, I have not, but have you? No, but as I'm like, you know, because you got to love Internet while you're doing other things. You can start looking. I started scrolling through, and there are some funny ones. And then there's <laughs> regular ones, I guess. 
regular ones. Yeah, I used to always get a good laugh because my dad was a big uh, harness racing fan. And here locally um, on the radio every night, usually at around, uh, I think it was like 1130 in the evening, you would hear the harness racing wrap up. And uh, it would be the same guy and he would, uh, and, and I can imagine if you will, you know, somebody leaving the track or who had left the track earlier probably was driving along and listening to like all of the results. And, you know, it was always, uh, you know, named after it was some, you, you knew, for example, there would be some funny name. Uh, there would be some name that somebody probably used their girlfriend's name in it. And it would probably be like Shirley's revenge or it would be like, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm on the table ma, or it would be like, uh, um, get off my lawn <laughs> finished that, that finished you know in third and, it, and it's amazing I think when you think about that but yeah I have not um, I'm seeing some of these um, horses names I think I saw Tis the Bomb or something like that was one that they were picking as a long shot or Epicenter or Zandon who I think is one of the favorites um or Messier or Happy Jack, which I think I've heard that as a horse's name before. Um, there's quite a few. Uh, Cyberknife, I think, was the other one that I was looking at. And I was like, it's funny with everything that's going on in cyberspace. You can probably think Cyberknife, but yes. <laughs> Summer somebody... tomorrow just for that. It's like, really? Why did you make his name an entire sentence? Or her name. I don't know if it's a he or her. But that horse's name is an entire sentence. And wrong most of the year. (laughs) (laughs) I want want somebody to name one off of like the uh, dinosaurs that you used to see on the Flintstones. I want Gravel Gertie or something like that. That would be a cool one. (laughs) If I got an all-white horse, I'm going to name it Powder Donut. There you go. (laughs) There you go. That's that's what I think you should do. So, yes, we now have to uh, put some money together and own a horse. Um, and then again, and I think the horses in my mind, I think like those old cartoon horses, the one with the little uh, tire around its neck and the flies that always hang around it. We <laughs> 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 oh, would not make good horse owners. <laughs> no. Where's the tire? Right. Actually, two interesting things in regards to races this week. There was two stories that I read. Uh, One was a more serious story, but then another one was another one uh, where it was controversial. They were talking about, because I remember growing up here in the Midwest, they used to have greyhound racing, which, you know, back then, even then now, it really wasn't, uh, yeah, it shouldn't have happened, ever happened. And I guess the racing association found that betting on greyhounds plunged from $3.5 billion in 1991 to about $500 million in 2014. And since then, many more tracks have closed. Um, and in Dubuque, Iowa, the track there will close in May. And by the end of the year, there will only be two tracks left in the country. Uh, it reached its peak in the 80s when there were more than 50 tracks across 19 states. 
but since then increased concerns about how the dogs were treated along with an explosion of gambling options. They nearly pretty much have killed a sport that gained widespread appeal about a century ago. And in Florida, uh, there were voter initiatives that ended the sport at the state's dozen tracks. And in states like Iowa, the state officials allowed casinos to end subsidies that had kept those greyhound racing tracks alive as the interest declined. Uh, so they said that it pretty much is uh, a dying breed and there's only two left. I'm pretty sure that that will go the way of the dodo. Hopefully it will because from what you hear about how they have treated uh, some of the dogs, I'm highly surprised they have not shut it all totally down. Uh, but greyhound racing is still held in other countries, including Australia, Great Britain, Ireland, Mexico, and Vietnam. Uh, but here they said it's really one of the only states in which it's pretty much a dying breed. So, yeah. Ooh. But also, speaking of races, and I want to get your opinion on this because this is another interesting thing that I read this week. Some parents are facing a backlash after their six-year-old was allowed to run a full marathon. Uh, the boy's father wrote on Instagram that his youngest son did struggle physically during the race. This happened in Cincinnati. Um, Rainier Crawford, who is six, ran a 26.2-mile course with his five siblings and parents, finishing in eight hours and 35 minutes. Um, some of the training, uh, according to uh, uh, you know, pretty much what he said in an interview, a six-year-old, he says, some of the training was like hard, but I failed sometimes. But sometimes when I did one, I, it was like normal. His father, Ben Crawford, wrote on Instagram that his youngest son did struggle physically during the marathon. And he said he was struggling and wanted to take a break and sit every three minutes. After seven hours, we finally got to mile 20 and only to find an abandoned table and empty boxes. He was crying and we were moving slow, so I told him I'd buy him two sleeves of potato chips if he kept moving. They added that he was. Uh, he added that he was impressed by his son's abilities. He says, "I don't know, if, or he didn't know if he was going to be able to do it, and to be able to run alongside of him and watch his little body. It's pretty mind blowing." Social media sparked an outcry, with some saying that the family did it for likes on Instagram, and some going as far as to accuse the Crawfords of child abuse. Uh, Two-time Olympian Kara uh, Gaucher was among those speaking out, who said on Twitter, "I don't know who needs to hear this." But a six-year-old cannot fathom what a marathon would do to them physically. A six-year-old does not understand what embracing misery is. A six-year-old who is, quote, struggling uh, physically does not realize they have the right to stop and should. And organizers of that marathon defended their decision to let every member of the Crawford family participate. They said the intent was to try to offer protection and support if they were on the course. Um, and the nonprofit also told uh, Good Morning America that they knew that they would be running the flying pig race despite the marathon's age limitation, which usually only lets runners 18 and older participate. Um, but they said from here on out that that requirement will be strictly observed moving forward. And experts do say that a child's growth plates, the tissue near the long bones, isn't even fully developed at age six, and an extreme activity like running a marathon could be dangerous for children. I... I, I I was beyond shocked when I heard this, and there's no way that I, I, I mean, 
I mean, I know you do with your child what you want them to do, but yeah, that's that's too much. That's way too much on a six-year-old. Twenty-six point two miles. That depends. Okay, here's the thing. I don't think a six-year-old should have to do twenty-six point two miles. Have to. You shouldn't have to. Um, I don't know about you when you were six, but we ran all over the place all the time. Um, and during the 5Ks that I've run, including the color run, and you run it with me too, there are kids of all ages in there. Now, granted, a 5K is only three and some, three and change miles, roughly. Um, mm-hmm. But if they want if the child wants to and knows that the child can stop, I want to try, but I can stop at any time, then I think that's okay. I think that this, in this case, it's a very fine line that I'm trying to walk here. The child <laughs> wants to do something. You should be able to let the child be able to do something like that. It's a physical activity. It's not like they're asking you to do a line of coke, okay? Um, they're asking you to run a race. Uh, but in the same token, I don't know that at six they understand that they have every right to say, you know what, I'm tired, I'm done. Now, mm-hmm. when I was six, I knew I could say, I'm tired, I'm done. Did that mean that I got to be able to stop? Sometimes yes, sometimes no, depending on the activity that we were doing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a weird back and forth. I don't know that they should be able to do an entire marathon, but if they can, then congratulations, I guess. I, 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 I'm not a medical professional, so I don't know if that would actually do harm. Yeah. Um, that one, I would say I would much rather... Uh, you know, I remember growing up uh, because I couldn't do it. I had bad ankles, still do. And my brother did a um, uh, one for um, people in his age bracket, which at that time I think he was 13 um, or 14, where it was like a um, it, what do you call those? One? It's a try biking. Uh, triathlon it was the biking swimming and then running and they kept it to like certain things that you had to do because if you couldn't swim you had to do this and if you did this you know you did that but they didn't do it where it was like you know the iron man (laughs) because they do there's limitations on younger bodies and they didn't want to like keep that through i don't know i i think that's kind of risky at 26.2 miles for a six-year-old it's I mean, like I said, I mean, the young man did it. I'm all for him, maybe because his family was runners. But I am pretty sure after this, if mommy and daddy ask him to do another one, they're probably going to be like, nope. <laughs> He's like, you can just push me in the stroller. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. I'll bike. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> but, yeah, right? I don't know. And I'm, I'm a little bit, like, you know, on the fence about that one. I really don't think six-year-olds should be running an adult-type marathon like that. Um as one who, you know, you don't know what, you know, it's one. I hope they don't have him do it, like, all the time. If he, if he did it, like, because, you know, there's marathon runners who run everything that's out there. 
And if you have let everyone know, like, once in the moon, like, if this is the only one he does for this year, and the rest of them are probably, like, you know, uh, two miles, three miles, I'll be like, okay. But, yeah, one and done for the year. I think that's good enough for his age, especially if he can do it. So, um, but with that being said, uh, that now brings us into the Almanac, and we've got a lot to cover tonight. So coming up here in just a few minutes, we'll go over the Almanac, and then I will have a commentary tonight. Um, and then we'll do our retro moment of the week. And then I think after that, that will lead us into uh, after that retro moment of the week, we'll talk about one of our uh, main stories tonight, which is about um, college NIL market <laughs> and what's been kind of happening with that within the last week. Uh, and then we'll talk about a couple of other things if we have a little bit of time, and we'll take a live look at what's trending. Uh, but uh, to help you guys out, as we said, today is May the 6th. Uh, it is National Beverage Day. Uh, it's also National Crepe Suzette Day, National Nurses Day. So for all of our nurses out there, thank you for what you do. Uh, you have to see a lot and go through a lot, and uh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, it's also National Military Spouse Appreciation Day, uh, National Provider Appreciation Day, National Space Day, and it is School Lunch Hero Day. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, brings us National Barrier Awareness Day, uh, National Packaging Design Day, National Taste Up Day. It is National Roast Leg of Lamb Day. <laughs> and it is uh, Free Comic Book Day tomorrow the first Saturday in May. Do you still read comic books? I do when I get the chance, although my schedule doesn't allow for it very much. So web web, web comics are now my new thing, so I can embrace some stuff to kind of jump in. Any particular ones you want to shout out where we're here? No. I have a lot. I have a lot in my library. I'm looking through a bunch of mine right now, and it was like I'm I'm scrolling. This is what it is. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Right now that I have in various stages of being read. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. You know, what we used to call those. We used to call those bathroom material as well. That was when you get your best reading done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's the thinking room right there. Did you say stinking or thinking? Thinking with the T-H. Thank you. Okay. It's also Join Hands Day. I thought I heard stinking. I don't know what it is. It's also Kentucky Derby Day. National Babysitter's Day. Um, the Saturday before Mother's Day it is National Babysitter's Day. Did you ever do any babysitting? Yes. That was my first, like, paying gig before I got a real paycheck. Look at that. I'm sorry for any child uh, I may have um, hurt along the way. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> five dollars in a lollipop and they'll shut up. They won't say anything. Um... <laughs> National Birth Mother's Day is tomorrow, National Bombshells Day. Um, it is actually, uh, as I 
Really? It is actually National Bombshells Day. I did not think about that. Um, that was actually founded by Victoria's Secret in 2015 to celebrate women and their best friends. Of course, being a bombshell means many things to Victoria's Secret, and they want to uh, – they like their customers and fans to celebrate being bombshells on that day. So that's what that day is for. And then also National Fitness Day, the first Saturday in May. National Homebrew Day is also tomorrow. Uh, National Play Outside Day, National Scrapbook Day, National Start Seeing Monarchs Day, National Train Day, uh, and then National Coconut Cream Pie Day leads off Mother's Day. <laughs> it is also, as you said, Mother's Day, National Student Nurse Day, and National Have a Coke Day. So you can share a Coke with mom on Mother's Day. And then on Monday, uh, that leads us into National Homefront Heroes Day, National Alphabet Magnet Day, Butterscotch Brownie Day, it is Moscato Day, it is Sleepover Day, National Women's Checkup Day, and National Lost Sock Memorial Day. <laughs> My poor lost socks. Only yes, the lost one. It is time to say goodbye on that day. All the single socks, the ones where their mates have been lost to the unknown. <laughs> so, yes. Um, Trolls. Telling you, they live in your drive. Change them to lint. So, right. In some ways, to celebrate that unusual holiday, making sock puppets, turning them into dust rags, choose to never wear match socks again. You can turn them into chewed toys for pets. You can make wrist warmers sock monkeys. You can fill them with beans and use them for your cornhole game. You can fill with rice and make a doorstop. And you can open up both ends of a long sock and make a plastic bag holder. But please wash them before you do that. (laughs) (laughs) May 10th. It is National Lippet Day, National Shrimp Day, National Washington Day, and National Clean Up Your Room Day. Uh, Wednesday brings us National Eat What You Want Day. That's what I was looking for, but that should be every day. There you go. <laughs> that should be every day, correct. The Epic Diet. Yes. <laughs> right. National Foam Rolling Day. It is also National Twilight Zone Day. Hopefully that does not happen in your life, but it is National Twilight Zone Day on May 11th. Uh, National Receptionist Day is National Third Shift Workers Day and National School Nurse Day. And then on Thursday, it brings us uh, National Odometer Day, Nutty Fudge Day, National Limerick Day, and no, I do not know a limerick, and National uh, Fibromyalgia <laughs> Awareness. Yes. Uh, and next Friday, uh, I will give you a short preview. It is Apple Pie Day, uh, but next Friday is the first Friday the 13th of the year. Wow. <laughs> really? It's also National Blame Someone Else Day on that day. It's all your fault. Right. <laughs> and we'll be with you Just next week on Monday the 13th. So <laughs> this will be quite interesting. Um, yeah. So... Uh, one of the other things, because we didn't touch on it, uh, with May happening, uh, it is uh, 
this month because there's a lot of things going on. It's ALS Awareness Month. It's also um, Jewish American Heritage Month. It is Dental Care Awareness Month, Stroke Awareness Month, Military Appreciation Month. Uh, it is also National Mental Health Awareness Month, Wildfire Awareness Month, uh, Date Your Mate Month, <laughs> Older Americans Month, Barbecue Month, Bike Month, Blood Pressure Education, Cystic Fibrosis Month, Egg Month, so if you're an egg fan, uh, National Hamburger Month, uh, Lyme Disease Awareness Month, Photography Month, um, Salsa, Salad, Strawberry, uh, Melanoma Awareness Month, Skin Cancer Awareness Month, and there's also Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, all in the month of May. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but yes, those are the things that are coming up ahead, and that is the Almanac. Uh, retro Moment of the Week coming up. We'll get to our first story after Retro Moment of the Week, but I did want to do a commentary tonight, and I want to touch on something that has happened this week. Uh, of course, before I began the commentary, of course, all commentaries that are done on this show is of my own opinion and does not reflect the opinion of my co-host or anyone that is a guest or affiliated with the show. <laughs> and I say that very carefully because normally, and I, and I don't really know, like, this is pretty hard because normally I like to write out my thoughts, and especially when it comes to commentaries. And I want to be careful, but tonight is a little bit half of that, half a little bit written, but the other half kind of a little bit more personal because generally when uh, it has been an interesting week, um, and more so uh, because uh, it gave me a little bit of time uh, in regards to uh, some reflection because here's kind of what happened. Uh, you know, we encounter a lot of things in our life, uh, but for yours truly, social media backlash was something that kind of happened to me this week. And I know when you do something social like we do, such as having an open page and doing a podcast, uh, you encounter those that are either envious of what you do or uh, those that feel like their opinion matters and it's actually worth a damn. <laughs> and the only opinions I will let you know as far as it is concerned for me that matter is from people who have been there uh, or who listen to this show or for those who, you know, you deal with uh, on a daily basis. And I will tell you that uh, the only reason I'm giving those people or what we call trolls in social media uh, <laughs> any type of attention this week is because I thought about the damage that they could do. Uh, to those who aren't strong enough to withstand criticism. And you will say, well, LeVar, what the heck happened? For those of you that know, about a week and a half ago, uh, or two weeks ago, uh, I went to Exotica here in Chicago and posted a few pictures of some of the people who I follow and some people who have been guests on this program or who may uh, potentially be on this show in the future. Now, I am not naive with knowing that once pictures get retweeted or reposted that everybody sees them. But what came with it was a lot of negative backlash. Um, 
that's the part I did not write about because I will actually tell you what I encountered this week. I have encountered everything from people in different foreign countries who said uh, or made comments about my looks, uh, people who tried to, at their best, try to say things about me uh, personally. Uh, I even, and I will tell you, (laughs) and I'll call them out. And I'll even tell you in one particular one, there was one that just kind of humored me because all of them pretty much did because, like I told you, I am pretty much uh, used to that, and you have to have a thick skin when some of these things happen. Uh, One person, yeah, I'm going to call him out. It's at Joan Jonasy or whatever this is, um, which I guess in his own way tried to be funny and said, do only black dudes go to these, L-M-A-O-O, when clearly there was a white male standing in the background. (laughs) So I guess in his own way of trying to be funny, that kind of failed. And then there was actually um, um, what I would call a regional comedian who tried to make a joke uh, about my looks. Uh, But then again, this comedian, only thing that he did, it seemed to be backyard parties, and he really, I don't think, could be calling himself a comedian. So for that, (laughs) I would pretty much kind of tell you that it brought to mind uh, the old adage from moms, especially on this Mother's Day, that if you normally don't have anything nice to say, you don't say it at all. Apparently, they didn't listen or thought that their comments were worth a damn, which they weren't. And for those that uh, take such harsh criticisms to heart, I say that don't uh, in, let the those get to you and to enjoy the, quote, block party that is with social media and do you. For those that continue to think that uh, you're worth uh, – negative comments and think that it should be put out your way, it is not even worth that time. Continue to have fun in in many of uh, uh, ways that you want to, post what you want to, do what you want to. Because in life, it seems that unfortunately, even with social media, the learning point here is that there are still a lot of people out there who like to take cheap shots or think that what they do is funny or that it will gain them even more likes. And the funny thing about it is that most of these people probably had 10 followers and no more than that. Uh, But my last word, and the one thing that I will say about this, is to all of you who are still sitting in your mom's basement this weekend and making those comments, uh, the best gift that you can give your mom this weekend is to heed her advice and do better by her. That's all I have to say. This is page one with Lord Mary. Retro moment of the week headed up. We'll see you on the other side. All right, take a break. What I need is a bra break. What you need is a comfortable support bra. Presenting the new Playtex 18-hour bra. The firm support bra that's comfortable for hours. It combines this famous 18-hour fabric with a unique frame for support and comfort. New Playtex 18-hour bra. The firm support bra that's comfortable for hours. Sears Super Values and super timing, too. I'll do the dishes. I'll do the dishes. No, it's Mother's Day. Let Mom do the dishes. Surprise! Surprise. Three-level wash, power miser, 
Pots and pan cycle, water miser. Save $50 on Sears built-in and portable dishwashers. The values are super, and so's the timing. I'll do the dishes. to Page One with LeVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio, your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. And welcome back to Page One with LeVar and Mary. LeVar and Mary here with you on this Friday night, May 6, 2022. Um, I'm pretty sure you can attest that there is no such thing as an 18-hour bra or somebody that would wear one for 18 hours. Well, no, there are people that would wear them for 18 hours, but there's no comfortable bra. God, no. <laughs> According to some of it, it was. It's 18-hour fabric. I don't know how they timed that. That's <laughs> from the early 70s. Yeah. And then, of course, wonderful Sears Mother's Day dishwasher sale. <laughs> because, you know. Because Bob <sighs> wants a dishwasher. That's why. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Mom has a dishwasher. They're called children. <laughs> you know what? That is what my mom uh, used to say about us for many years. Uh, people would ask why she did not get a dishwasher. And she was like, why would I need a dishwasher? I've got four of them right here at home, which was so true. <laughs> um, today is actually also an anniversary of another sort uh, of a horrible disaster, Uh so I kind of do have an additional retro moment of the week. Uh, May 6th, 1937. Uh, if you do know what I'm talking about, and if you are a history buff, uh, that was the date of the Hindenburg disaster, which was an airship accident that occurred in Manchester Township, New Jersey. Uh, the German passenger airship LZ-129 Hindenburg, of course, caught fire and was destroyed during its attempt to dock with its mooring uh, mast at Naval Air Station in Lakehurst. And the accident caused 35 fatalities, uh, 13 passengers, 22 crewmen from the 97 people on board. Uh, and there was one additional fatality on the ground. Um, what is well known about that, though, uh, disaster was the subject of newsreel coverage, photographs, the recorded radio eyewitness report from Herb Morrison, on the landing field, which was broadcast the next day uh, over WLS here in Chicago and went national. Uh, that, uh, of course, we all know of, you know, the old humanity, that was where that came from. Uh, what I have in this one additional moment so that you could hear it, uh, and it was sped up. So that's what you're really hearing isn't really hurt. Well, it's sped up uh, because of the way that it went at that time. So one additional retro moment uh, of the day is actually about a minute uh, of 
of what happened uh, from Herb Morrison's uh, piece that day. If you did not hear it, it is probably one of the things as a journalism major that you will hear um, when we talk about on-the-spot news gathering. And it is so raw and so real. And, you know, at that moment, you can even hear it as he's coughing from the smoke and, uh, you know, smoke inhalation at that point. And it looked like at that time someone else was trying to either talk to him or uh, he couldn't even talk himself. But I'll let you listen to what happened on that day, May 6th, 1937. And this is Herb Morrison. It's starting to rain again. The rain had uh, cracked up a little bit. They backed motors of the ship are just holding it uh, just enough to keep it from... It burst into flames. Get it started. Get it started. It's right, and it's rising. It's rising terrible. Oh, my. Get out of the way, please. It's burning, bursting into flames, and, and it's falling on the morning fast, and all the folks between us, this is terrible. This is the one of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, it's just plenty. Oh, four or five hundred feet into the sky, and it, it's a terrific crash, ladies and gentlemen. The smoke and the flames now, and the flame is rising to the ground, not quite to the mooring mass. All the humanity and all the furniture speeding around it. I told you, I can't even talk to people. The friends are out there. It's a, it's, it's a, oh, I, I can't talk, ladies and gentlemen. Honest, it's just laying there, mass of smoking wreckage. And everybody can't hardly breathe and talk and scream lady. I, I, I'm sorry. Honestly, I, I can hardly breathe. I, I'm going to step inside while I cannot see it. Charlie, that's terrible. I, 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 listen, folks, I, I'm going to have to stop for a minute because I've lost the voice. This is the worst thing I've ever witnessed. That was Herb Morrison on the scene of when that happened. Uh, portions were brought, rebroadcast nationally by the NBC radio network the next day. It was the first time that recordings of a news event were ever broadcast and also the first coast-to-coast radio broadcast. And his quick response, uh, combined with his own emotional reaction, have made those recordings pretty much a classic of audio history. Uh, but a lot of people, like I said, don't believe that it was a reflection of his actual speech because they theorized that those recorders ran about 3% slow causing his voice to sound different from how it actually was, and that his normal speaking and radio announcer voice was actually quite deep. Um, so, uh, but it is still an uh, interesting thing to have as part of history. So uh, if you're wondering where certain portions of things came from in television or, you know, in spoofs, that was where it came from uh, on this day, May 6, 1937. So amazing. I can't even imagine being there when something like that happens. I mean, we've seen the pictures of it, but, just, yeah. I don't know. That's an additional retro moment for you. Um, but I wanted to get to the first uh, thing tonight that we were going to talk about. And I have talked with different people about this this week. And if you are a college fan, college sports, you have heard – Certainly, and we've mentioned it on this show about uh, NILs or the name and likeness uh, uh, era now that the college sports landscape is seeing. And there was an interesting Sports Illustrated article this week uh, where they had talked to uh, Tommy Bowden um, and how he talked about how back then um, SMU players, um, and we all know what happened with SMU. <laughs> um, 
pretty much, you know, had their issues back in the uh, 80s and how the NCAA described a lot of improper benefits given to those athletes, which was cars and housing and cash, and now how that is being distributed to players and, you know, uh, being promised in exchange for appearances on some things because now here we are, the irony of it all, years later as the from Texas to Florida to Tennessee, a lot of high-level boosters are privately or publicly using name, image, and likeness deals to bankroll their teams where they went to, uh, attempting to outbid one another for talent and creating a new arms race in college sports. And some of those biggest donors have orchestrated business ventures that are disturbing. You're seeing now five, six, and seven-figure payments to athletes under the guise of endorsement opportunities and appearance fees, and they're also pooling millions of their dollars and creating exclusive high-priced clubs, or collectives to retain current players, entice high school prospects, or poach athletes from other programs. Um, and while a recently formed task force may soon be putting stricter guidelines into place, pretty much those savvy and wealthy business people are skirting vague NCAA guidelines that govern athlete compensation, many protected by their own state laws with legislation in some areas being rewritten to further empower such behavior. And there is uh, one person who uh, is an auto industry innovator who's worth half a billion dollars, recently started a collective at the University of Florida, uh, which is called Gator Guard, by donating a million dollars of his own money. And he said the landscape is if we, Florida fans, don't get the money, we're going to lose players, no matter how well a kid likes Florida. If a school comes in at the last minute and says, we're going to pay you $100,000 and we have $10,000, they are gone. That ain't going to cut it if you're competing against A&M, Alabama, and Georgia. And among the nearly two dozen college sports stakeholders who spoke to Sports Illustrated over the last six months, there are those who believe that there's now a chaotic market of cheating and others who see it as an example of capitalism in the American way. And experts believe that more than 100 collectives exist, popping up daily in America's college towns, many of them strongly backed by their schools and who regularly communicate with administration's uh, coaching staffs that are not supposed to be affiliated with one another. And those collectives vary in models, membership, and financial capabilities, but the goals are the same, to fund their schools' rosters. And it's pretty much turning into what people fear is pay for play. Uh, and we've kind of seen bits and pieces of that, and there was actually a story uh, that came out today about how a Texas star, uh, Bijan Robinson, landed a Lamborghini deal. Uh, the details of the partnership have not been released, and it's the first known Texas NIL, NIL deal signed with this Austin dealership. And a lot of people are saying that you can expect that software to now arrive to practicing games and style. Um, and he said online, uh, he said, when dreams turn into reality, uh, God, I'm grateful, while sitting in a Lamborghini at the dealership. And the deal comes shortly after Miami basketball player Jail uh, Pack reportedly signed a deal that earns him $800,000, two seasons, and a car. And it seems like more car companies and other companies using cars, as it says the sign, are really starting to invest in college athletes. And you and I are big college fans, but – this is definitely and, – and I'm not saying that somebody should go out and not earn money. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that when we're talking $800,000, you and I 
didn't earn $800,000 in college. And I don't know of too many college students that's earning $800,000. Am I kind of being like the old man on the lawn here, or is this getting out of hand? Well, if you're the old man, then I'm the old maid. I mean, let's be real. If you're going to use there's uh, eight hundred thousand is too much is where I get to that. Paying for your education, like a full ride. I'm already still. I I have said this before. I will continue to say this. I will say it over and over and over again. I don't believe that college athletes should get their education paid for unless they could do it without the like. If they could earn that scholarship without having to be able to throw a ball, catch a ball, dunk a ball. Um. With that being said put that out there. Education should come first. If they're going to be doing, which I do believe that if they're if the schools are making money off these students, so they should get some money off of it as well. There's no way that I can agree that $800,000 is an appropriate amount. Especially when you're looking at students that go to smaller schools, students that go to schools in different markets, it's not going to be, it, it, it is pay to play at this point. Like, wh- why are we even saying that these are student athletes? They're not student athletes anymore. They're paid. Just send them to the pros. Like, I, I'm, I'm getting tired of it. Like, go to college to go to college. If you're going to college to play a sport, then we're not, then you're not in college anymore. College sports gone. Get rid of it. And I'm a huge college sports fan, so I'm not saying this lightly. I don't believe that student athletes are actually student athletes anymore. Now they're paid athletes that have an education. And sometimes they graduate. (laughs) And I don't. I'm the old maid on the block. Well, and I agree with you. And Deion Sanders has said that the NIL is becoming, quote, free agency and it's hurting lower-funded schools. Uh, he said that while he was glad that players have avenues to make money beyond their scholarships, he said that the current structure hurts smaller schools because they may not have the same funding some of the nation's bigger programs have. He says it's becoming free agency, real free agency, and if, if you don't have it, meaning money, you're not going to be able to compete. It's just another way to him to keep the schools that don't have the proper funding down. Um, and mm-hmm. and res- discussing how he views NIL possibilities in regards to his program, because he is the head football coach at Jackson State, he said that he did not have a plan in place, uh, a plan to place a large emphasis on it. He says, first of all, I'm not giving a kid nothing like that. Uh, he says, I want you to focus on the NFL, not the NIL. You ball out and you prepare yourself for the NFL. If you get comfortable when you've already got NIL money, I mean, come on, how hungry are you going to be to go out there and work and go get it? And he said that uh, he and the Jackson State program have not gotten involved in bidding wars for players and stressed that he hoped players choosing prospective schools would take a more long-term approach in determining where would be the best destination for them. He said if he's been offered $2 million, that means they got it. But that's, uh, he said that's not the kid's fault. That's not his fault whatsoever. But he should really be looking at where is this going to take me? Is the quarterback there? Is the system there? Is the environment there? Am I going to be happy? Because you can be rich and very unhappy. I've been that before. Um, 
because that's the thing that I was looking at too was the maturity level of a college student, especially one that has been coddled, and let's not kid ourselves. I am pretty sure they were coddled in grammar school. They were probably coddled in high school, and now you're about to get coddled and paid for it in college. And there's two dynamics I could take to this is that, one, you're going to have issues of where, like you said, these people, they've already got it. So is there really a need for them to go out and be true to the program? Are they still going to be that high-caliber athlete? not the one that's chasing dreams of trying to get to the pros because now you've got money. And if you invest it right, I mean, you can still go to pros and make more money, but for some, there's no incentive to really continue to be 100% all out. You're dogged for a year or two until you can get to where you got to get to. And then there's that person that's working their butt off and is the 12th man and not getting that NIL money. And... I know there's going to be people out there that's going to say, well, if I had all of this talent, I'm going to get as much as I can get. But let's go back to the basics of this. This is college. (laughs) And I know a lot of people are going to use the argument, well, things can happen before then. It could, but if you're good enough, you'll still probably have a person look at you and you'll make some decent money. You know, I don't know. This, to me, it reeks uh, really badly. And I don't know unless the NCAA or somebody steps in to set caps and limits, where does it end? Because we all know the schools that have the big donors. We all know where these billionaires have aligned themselves at. And it's only really probably going to be a handful of schools. And those are going to be the handful of schools that you're going to see that are going to get, you know, the talent. And it's not going to be based anymore on if a coach can recruit. It's going to be based upon who could throw the most green, and that is not what the emphasis of college sports, or at that time what we called amateur sports, was all about. So, I don't know. I'm just. I was just going to let that sit there and percolate for a moment. Just like, let that sink in. Let that sink in. Your BCS championship bowl games are going to be full of talent, but it's going to be the same schools every year because that's where all the money is going to go because that's where all the money is flowing out to get the talent to come in. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And it takes away it, – it takes the fun away. It really does. When you see the same group of people – every year because they've got the money to go and get these other athletes. It'll be, it'll be hard for me to be able to continue to remain a fan. And I'm at one of the schools that does have the kind of money and the kind of backers that would be able to probably compete. Mm -hmm. So we will definitely, uh, yeah, as you say, we, we definitely were keeping an eye on this NIL situation because there was actually a few things that came out this week in regards to that, and there were some rumors about one player, like we said, at Florida, who is already making 800000 wanting more, which I was like, you know, you're 18 and you just made 800000 You probably have done more than, what, 97% of people in your age bracket <laughs> mm-hmm. has not done. 
and you want more and you haven't even done anything, you know, we're, at that point, you're going to really have a tough time when you get to the pros because we got the pros is like, hey, rookie, you already got a million bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, before I go a little further, uh, we are a little late, but I wanted to kind of go through some of the things that were trending online. Um, Fred Savage this evening is trending, and um, he was fired as the Wonder Years executive producer and director following an investigation into inappropriate conduct. I don't know what's going on here lately because this is the second time and as uh, many days that an actor uh, has been fired from uh, something that they're uh, involved with uh, because if I do believe um, there was a story online of people who uh, it was involving Frank Langella, uh, who uh, at 84 <laughs> uh, was fired from Netflix's The Fall of the House of Usher. And he went on to speak and said, quote, I have been canceled. Um, and a lot of people were kind of uh, not happy about his response and how he had said it. Uh, in a lengthy statement, uh, he had refuted published statements that he had fondled a female co-star during, quote, a fully clothed love scene, alleging that he only, quote, touched the actress's leg, a move that was not in the show's uh, blocking. He also alleges that he was fired for telling an off-color joke, calling his co-star baby or honey, and giving the young actress a hug or touch on her shoulder. Um, and he says, I've been canceled just like that. In the increasing madness that currently pervades our industry, I could not have imagined that the world's collateral damage would fall upon my shoulders. I... Yeah, he did not go to his PR people before that one. He probably should have. Here's the thing. Whether he, he said his response, uh, he says his response to his behavior on set is, quote, not fair, not just, and not American. I will tell you what, Mr. Langella, with all due respect, if you touch anybody anywhere that is not welcome, yeah, it's not fair, not just, and not American to them. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> My opinion but I will keep it there. <laughs> um, but uh, he, uh, Fred Savage is trending tonight. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is trending tonight as the Philadelphia 76ers um, beat the Miami Heat tonight as uh, Maxey shuttled 7-11 from the field and 5-6 from beyond the arc for 21 points. Uh, Joe Embiid, he is trending as well. Um, and then SmackDown um, also trending tonight is uh, Apple TV, uh, which um, the baseball for Apple TV uh, actually will start for free, and I know that a lot of people can watch it. starts this weekend. I do believe Sunday. Uh, most of those games will actually be on network TV, on NBC. Uh, the first game this Sunday will be uh, the White Sox versus the Red Sox. So baseball returns kind of to one of the major networks. Um, and then Greyhound is trending tonight, and this is the reason why. Uh, someone asked the question, um, well, there was a couple of reasons why it was trending, but uh, 
One was uh, someone asking if folks uh, knew what Greyhound buses were. <laughs> I know it's a lost <laughs> art. Um, but, yes. And then uh, the other thing that is uh, uh, trending tonight is Candace Parker, because the Chicago Sky began their uh, season or their defense tonight of their WNBA title. Um so good luck to my Chicago sky. Um, and then, um, yeah, that pretty much is uh, some of the things I know. There were some movies that opened up today. I know there were a lot of Disney things that have opened up, and I know that you're excited that you'll probably get a chance to watch this weekend. Um, I've seen a bit of those, and I think I also saw, too, where um, – what was that? The was it Doctor Strange or whatever that was? It was open yes. this uh, weekend. Yes. Uh, and then, yes. Uh, that right now is trending. <laughs> um, so a lot of people stay away. Um, um, uh, there's a lot of things coming out of that movie that people are spoiler alerting on. I will not be one of those people that will share that information because <laughs> I don't want any of you all telling me to go somewhere where you haven't watched it yet. So, nope, won't do it. Yeah. Um, but those are the things that are trending tonight. Um, and then uh, one of the other stories we're going to talk about, there's an Indiana Dollar Tree manager that's out of a job. After posting a sign lamenting Generation Z's work, work ethic, uh, so, um, Indiana Dollar Tree manager sparked controversy after posting a now hiring sign on the store and saying only baby boomers should apply for a position at the store. Now hiring, baby boomers only, thanks, the help sign uh, read, according to WNDU. The sign was posted to the Dollar Tree loca- uh, location in Bremen, Indiana, at the end of April. It was taken down, but the photos of the sign soon gained attention on social media. Um, and it pretty much um, it said that I apologize for us closing again. My two new cashiers quit because I said their boyfriends couldn't stand here for their entire shift. Don't hire Gen Zs. They don't know what work actually means, the sign continued. Gen Z typically refers to people born somewhere between 1997 and 2012. You're going to get people from every group who are lazy and work hard, I'm sure when baby boomers were young, they were probably also called lazy, and it just keeps going on from generation to generation. Uh, the customer told WNDU, one customer said, a representative for Dollar Tree said the company was aware of the side and said it was not condoned by the company before it was posted. Uh, they said that they were aware and that the handwritten message was absolutely not approved or condoned by the company. And people just need to be uh, kind and understand other people's situations. Uh, according to one of the residents. And she says, you don't know what's going on in somebody else's life. It's not all about you. Be compassionate with another. Uh, Social media commenters raised concerns over the sign discriminating against prospective employees based on age. The Age Discrimination in the Employment Act forbids employers to discriminate against people over the age of 40, but does not protect people under 40. (laughs) So, uh, with that being said, does she have a point? I mean, 
I'm going to bypass the Rebecca Romaine story tonight because I, I want to talk about that. But I want to kind of end this on the weird notes that is because uh, tonight is a night in which we will go to the – actually, I want to save that for next week. That's a very interesting one where um, – the preview for next week. But she got candid about her first marriage to John Stamos and uh, what happened when she finally saw him. And what she said, that she misses a lot of things about him. So I was going to ask the question, of, and you can think about this between now and next week. Do you admit to your now person who you're dating or married to that you miss a lot of things about your ex? Think about that, and you've got one week. Uh, but uh, we'll end this with some smoking gun stories, because where else can you find the weirdest things besides the smoking gun? And the first story was a woman who copped a plea deal in an oral denial shooting. I kid you not. A Louisiana woman who fired a shot at a male acquaintance who refused to perform oral sex on her has pled guilty to a felony gun charge as part of a deal that spares her prison time. In an April 27th sentencing hearing uh, in the Baton Rouge courthouse, uh, Anisha Speed copped to a weapons charge while prosecutors dropped a felony aggravated assault count against a 21-year-old. She was placed on probation for two years in order to perform 40 hours of community service, she'll also have to pay about $800 in fines and court costs to complete an effective decision-making course. I did not know that that existed. If she completes her probation term, her conviction could be expunged. Uh, she was arrested in 2019 following that confrontation, and as detailed in the case affidavit, the victim told police that she had invited uh, the person uh, to uh, well, what happened, I guess to kind of help you all out is that um, she had invited um, or he had invited speed to his home due to the two hanging out quote unquote earlier in the day speed. The man added subsequently asked for oral sex, but after the man declined the request from her, she produced a 40 caliber handgun and demanded oral sex again, stating that if he declined, she would shoot him. When the man grabbed her wrist, she fired the weapon, but the round did not hit him. The victim then fled the home his home, and jumped from the second floor balcony to avoid getting shot at again. The victim stated that while he was fleeing, he heard another shot fired. And they, uh, and crime investigators recovered a spent shell casing in a live forty caliber round. <laughs> she was freed on $17,000 bond. I guess next time if she asks, you do what she says. <laughs> and then at the time, and on one in which no, a total that's police. still a job, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Within the ultimate party foul, uh, faced with a locked bathroom at a convenience store, a Florida man decided instead to relieve himself <laughs> inside of the business's beer cave, ruining $113 in merchandise. According to an arrest report, Clarence Patterson entered the Hop and Pop store Saturday afternoon and proceeded to the restroom, which was locked. He then entered the beer cave, making the appearance that he was looking at the merchandise inside. Patterson, who lives about two miles from the store in Rockledge, a city 50 miles east of Orlando, then faced toward the alcohol cases on the shelves, unzipped his pants, and began urinating. There were six cases of beer total that were damaged. It could no longer be sold, a cop reported, adding that the beer cave incident was recorded by a store surveillance camera. He was charged with criminal mischief, a misdemeanor, for which he posted $500 bond. <laughs> that was a very expensive piece. Yeah, it was. 
And then there's two more stories, but this one, even in the smoking guns history, they said that they had not seen anyone, anyone previously arrested for, quote, circumcision <laughs> rage until today. A 28-year-old Florida man was arrested for allegedly, well, um, well, well, this Florida man was arrested for allegedly battering his ex-boyfriend during a pre-dawn confrontation about penises. The cops report that Kyle Perez, uh, who shares a residence with the 37-year-old victim, woke up his ex at 5.15 a.m. and confronted the victim for, quote, not having any compassion for his desire for uncircumcised penises. Investigators noted that Perez, who apparently is circumcised, screamed at the victim for having no compassion for the arrested mutilated for the arrested mutilated genitals. Perez cops say then grabbed the victim's arm and struck the man in the face, causing visible injuries. Perez also allegedly scratched the victim while pulling his hair. When officers arrived on the scene, he fled the residence and hid behind a vehicle in the alley. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's serious. But then again, the one story here in which you never ever do was a Florida woman, once again Florida, suspected of drunk driving, performed, quote, multiple ballet and Irish folk dance moves while undergoing field sobriety tests after rear-ending a vehicle late Wednesday evening. Amy Ann Harrington was arrested on a DUI charge following a crash near a residence in Madeira Beach. Police alleged that she showed multiple signs of impairment during roadside sobriety tests. She smelled of alcohol, had slowed speech, and was unsteady on her feet. When asked to perform one-leg stand and walk-and-turn tests, she instead broke out her cross-disciplinary dance moves, according to an arrest affidavit. She refused to take a breath test, was charged with a pair of misdemeanors, and booked into the county jail, for which she was released on $650 bond. Uh, by the way, uh, she works, or probably now did work, at a bar and grill, uh, and she subsequently copped to a reduced charge. But uh, the new case has not been set, quote-unquote, for the roadside ballerina to appear for arraignment and enter a play. You have, words, to, you have to admit, though, that would have been very entertaining. I want to see a film from that. <laughs> you know somebody's got that. Once that dash cam comes out, come on. There's dash cam footage somewhere, and I want to see that. <laughs> and I want to see it. I want to see it, because that is a huge no-no. At that point, you might as well just turn around and just be like, yeah, just arrest me. And by the way, before we leave this evening, uh, I do want to report that the uh, current temperature in the United Kingdom is 10 degrees Celsius. So, <laughs> <laughs> which would be right around 50 degrees. Uh, let's see. I will let you know that is right around 51 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Winds at 94%. So yes. Look at uh, that! But, I'm. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but with Me that, and the uh, the yeah, I know. Congrats! I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Now, next week, instead of talking temperatures, we will be talking um, the uh, currency conversions and how that works. Oh, that I don't know. <laughs> no, no, that I don't. <laughs> I I rely on Google for that one. You've got a week to learn. So here we go. A week to learn. You've got one week to learn. You are a week to learn. (laughs) That's what it is. 
know, you've got one week to learn. <laughs> but um, that will pretty much do it for show number 191. We are now nine shows away from 200 shows. And before I forget, for all of you who listen to our shows, whether it's past um, or really in the past, there were issues uh, accessing those on Blog Talk Radio. That issue has now been fixed. You can go back as far as the first show I ever did uh, all those years ago uh, and the first shows that we used to do, and you can hear them all on Blog Talk Radio as well, and as, well as on the other uh, platforms of Spotify, which I know a lot of you listen to, and on uh, Apple Podcasts and on iHeartRadio. So, yeah, uh, in advance of our 200th show, um, extra credit, if you go back and listen to the very first show that we did, and you can tell me what we talked about. <laughs> I can tell you how long it lasted. Only a half hour. Some people would say that that is um, impressive. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, those shows back then, I know a lot of people who used to do uh, the 401 Lounge when they were only a half hour. Uh, because you will find a lot of shows where it was a part one, a part two, and people were very nice to come back and talk. Um, but it seems on TV you can get away with a half hour. But for what we do, that's amazing that we did half-hour shows and was able to fit in so much. But we didn't have time to, like, talk about them or stretch out the time. Right. That's why I'm very glad that we're able to do what we do now, and I hope that you guys enjoy it too. And did you have any shout-outs before we call it a night? Um, other than happy Mother's Day to moms, dads who are acting like moms, people that are doing double duty, um, stepmoms, fur moms, etc. Have a good weekend this weekend. Happy Mother's Day to them. Um, other than that, no, I really don't have. Too much. Okay. Well, no, I echo the same sentiment, and I wish a very happy Mother's Day to all of you. Uh, and like I said, we will be back here with you again, uh, God willing, next Friday night, uh, which will be Friday the 13th. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, which will be an interesting uh, show, I'm sure. I will think of something. Uh, maybe we'll have our um, top five. We'll do a top five list on that night. I don't know exactly what. Hey, it may even be the top five Friday the Thirteenth movies. I don't know, but we'll have some <laughs> top five this week. <laughs> and we did about what? How many of them? About twenty of them. Well, that depends. Are you talking just Friday the Thirteenth, or are you including uh, the Friday the Thirteenth movies that have like crossovers? Uh, do those really count? <laughs> you make the rules. I, hey, I'll count crossovers. I mean, if it's if it officially because now that's like Marvel movies. Do you count particular ones that were shows, or do you count the Star Wars family as the Obi Wan Kenobi show? Do you count that as part of that? Do you count the Mandalorian as part of that? Do you count you know other things because it is a part of that movie franchise? I mean, do you count some things within that whole family scope? I don't know. 
So I'll leave that for you all there to decide, but I don't know if that will be the top five. <laughs> but we'll have one next week, and uh, we'll announce it then. But happy Mother's Day uh, to all of you out there. We will see you next week. 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock out on the West. And um, just have a great week, everybody, and be kind to each other, please. Thanks for listening. show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple.